Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine, with your host, Ms. Susan Weed. My name is Daniel Michael, founder, co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. We'll be back in just a moment with your host, Susan. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Go for it. 
here. I always wanted to do radio and made a very half-hearted, mild attempt at it. When I got into it, like I would interview at radio stations, I mean, just to, you know, going to stations and talking to people and seeing what was involved, basically. I remember one of them was a country music station. And I remember then hearing what some of these DJs made. (laughs) And it was very little money, even for some of the ones that were not well, well known, but that you'd heard every morning or whatever. I mean, literally like three, four dollars an hour while they were on the air. It was like a ridiculously, it wasn't even a job. They were doing it as a passion anyway, but it was literally like a resume for them to get a bigger station job. So these were AM stations. I mean, some of these ones I talked to, meaning a little smaller. So, but still wanting to do radio, I kept pursuing it. And at one point, to make a long story short, I I, I stopped and just, you know, I just let it go out of my mind. Music was my first passion, and I just kind of focused on that more. And then at one point, I met a gentleman in a new age shop who was a card reader. His name was Kevin Baird, and he's the co-founder of Main Street University. He occasionally comes back on the air. He's also an inventor and invents all kinds of things and an artist. And he invented an Oracle deck, amongst other things. So we were going to get together and just do um, meditation CDs, uh, just you know, it was a few years ago, uh, and then we just started talking so much. We said, "Well, why don't we do a talk show?" And but we had no idea how to do it. Then I discovered Block Talk Radio. It, but it, another interesting point about the whole thing was my original interest was was wasn't as much metaphysical, even though I'm very much in that world. It was very much I just wanted to interview people. I think I wanted it to be more local at the time. This is five six years ago now. And I just wanted to interview people that I thought were doing interesting things. And it was something like that. It was something very loose like that. Like one lady, for example, started a a vocal teaching business during the recession and turned it into a $100,000 business out of her house, you know, a year. It was just interesting stories like that that were positive. And it just kind of evolved into what it became. One interesting part of it, though, was – I actually did, shall we say, cast an intention. It was a very, I guess, a loose one. I said, I just want to do a radio show. I want to be on the radio. So I did what is called a chord spell, my own version of one, the the uh, nine knots. It, but it, this one I made into a necklace. I didn't, like, put it in a box or do some other fancy thing with it. The day after the first day we were on the air, the necklace fell off of my neck. And Kevin looked at it and saw it. He was witness to it uh, on the ground. And he goes, what's that? I said, oh, that was, an, I think, an intention that was fulfilled, or at least part of it. So basically, that was it. It was my interest in just gathering interesting people together and forming some sort of little community um, of all different types. You know, we've had all different, we've had a Christian host, we've had all sorts of things in come and go, you know, <laughs> so uh, uh, basically that that was how it started, it was with a meeting between me and a guy I met at a card reading at a New Age shop <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful and mm-hmm. yes, I know, like, what, I've been on the show for what, four years now? Yeah, it's been, been a few years 
Yeah, and so I've seen um, kind of when I came on, there were a lot of people doing shows, and then it fell off. Those people went on to other things, and and I, it's been very interesting to see the swelling and and movement of how things move through the Main Street universe. Yeah, and some are there's some, there's new ones coming. So we're it's about it's actually I'm working on getting it to swell again, and I have some mm-hmm. folks they're just. One of them's a little shy, but she'll be she'll be great, you know, and is very well informed. Um, we have a few others. There's still the Chinese herbal guy that I'm I'm trying to get just get his schedule, and so we do have some some new shows coming. Actually, three or four. So we're, I think we're about to be in a growth period again. Right now, we still have like three that kind of rotate, and then we have our once a month shows that still come on. And sometimes uh, they're they're less than that. Sometimes they're once every two months. But if they're interesting hosts, Mary Phelan is one, uh, and a few others, then you know it's still cool just to have them around and connected to the network if the night's available. But yeah, we are about to swell again. So I, I'm just working out the details. <clears throat> Well, we await hearing those details when you have them together because, as you say, your goal is to collect interesting people. Right. And, and when we have a goal, I never wanted this to feel like I'm here, you know, splurging my opinions all by myself kind of a thing. I never wanted it to have that feel, that Rush Limbaugh kind of feel, right? I did not want that feel at all. I wanted it to feel like it was a community center full of all different people. In that the, the original Wednesday show might be the center itself, and then all the other shows are other little rooms and places you can go within that center. That's definitely the feeling I wanted from the network, was to make it feel communal in a way. I have a somewhat ulterior motive for asking you these things, and okay. that is because um, just kind of casually – my daughter let me know that it was a more attractive package, price-wise, to buy far more blog talk time than I am actually using. Oh, okay. And that she had, in fact, been doing that. And I immediately, um, because I have just as a large scale goal out to the universe that if I have something that I can give away, the people who need it should come to me without any further effort on my part, please. So immediately, uh, two past apprentices um, started talking about how they wanted to have a show. Okay. And although we've mentored them, you know, right up to the point of they're doing the show, neither one of them have done a show. Okay, and that happens. (laughs) (laughs) And they're both pretty go-getters. So, um, you know, I I was thinking, well, you know, I'll talk to you about it, and that'll put some more energy in it, and maybe um, your goodwill will help them as well. Yeah, if 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 we can find it's a just, spot, it's just that they know with us, that would be that great. You're out here, and I'm out here, and we're rooting for them, and it's Main Street; they can do it. Right. No, I'm sure there's slots available. Um, like I said, some are filling. Oh, I'm, I'm offering them a slot. Okay. I'm, I am offering them the slot free. 
They okay. have a slot. They just haven't found their way to being able to do it. Oh, okay. To actually do it. So that's why we're talking about it. And hopefully they're going to pick it up psychically, energetically, and get on with it. Because that's right. all it takes. <laughs> and right. I offer my slots free to all the, the, you know, I pay my the package and then everybody, you know, that comes in, I don't ask them for a thing. Exactly. That's what we're doing. But I'm not being there with them the way you're being here with me, which I very much appreciate. Oh, and I appreciate you being here. <laughs> and I can't do it for everybody, by the way. I probably couldn't do it for the two of them either. Maybe their first episode. <laughs> I, I was just saying, if they decided to, uh, if they did, you know, with us, or whoever would with us, uh-huh. I sometimes will say, okay, I'll help you with your first or second one, but I, I, I'm really busy right now. I can't do this yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm just back from California. Out in the Redwoods, beautiful, beautiful place where I teach every other year uh, for Jujana Budapest at her Goddess Festival. Oh, okay. It's truly just the space is amazing. The festival is amazing. The women are amazing. It's one of those places where you go, and some women, I think we were celebrating the 25th or the 26th semi-annual, so it's been going on for 50 years, and it's a space at the at a big camp, and the gathering space is dug into a hill about 15, 20 feet down, and makes an amphitheater six tiers up, which would probably hold about 500 people. Hmm. The hundred of us just circled the inner circle, not even sitting down, just standing in and holding hands, so imagine how many people could be in there. And because it's down, you can actually have a fire. Can you imagine we had open bonfires in California in September? Oh, it's beautiful. I love a big bonfire. So do most people. But if you live in California, you learn to do without. Oh, right. Uh, They had a lot of issues with fires and and other things. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Even the spark from an open outdoor fire can burn down millions of acres. But because we are there in this deep pit, we can have the fire. So that alone is just incredibly magical. And all of the women there are super interested in uh, really finding themselves as women of power. So um, that was a lot of fun. Of course, it being an election year, uh, one of the spells that we did was to um, get the candidate of our choice elected. (laughs) And as one of the rules um, that we go by is whatever you put out comes back to you three times, um, we did a spell that we would like to benefit from as well, and so I will share it. And that is um, a very simple spell of eight words. Firelight. Moonlight, soul light, glow. Hmm. Did you chant it like firelight, moonlight, soul light, I, glow? I, you know, that kind of chant we did. I love chant. Love those chants. And I'm spells. sharing this because we can all use this spell any time uh, 
um, you talk about, see, or hear about the appropriate candidate. It could only be one who that spell would help. <laughs> you can use that spell. So that this candidate is seen glowing. And, uh, and then we will have um, a candidate who is president and a president who listens. Important to know. Not, not a president who wants to turn us to a past, but a president who wants to help us move forward into a, a, an imagined future. And it's funny you've talked a little about politics because I was doing a little bit, and I'll say this very shortly. I'll probably be posting some less things politically that I think on Facebook <laughs> when I realize some of my well, friends. Well, it's certainly a very touchy year, and my favorite T-shirt is. so far is, I already hate the next president. <laughs> and, of course, I wasn't criticizing you bringing it up, by the way. This was all on me. You noticed <laughs> how discreet I was. I said no one's name. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and... um <laughs> We cannot it, say that this is in any way pay political endorsement. You have to be intelligent enough to figure out who would benefit from firelight, moonlight, soul light glow. Right. And including you yourself. So let's see. Out in California, we went on a nature walk uh, with one of the people there in the Redwoods, which was a lot of fun. And one of the plants that was found was some Spanish moss. And there were several people in the group who were kind of, you know, a little hip and kind of knew what was going on. And they said, oh, oh, is that Usnia? And so those of us who knew a little more about what was going on went over to the plant. And most people know what Spanish moss looks like. It's a, a lichen, a kind of gray-green plant. Mm-hmm. And, and pulled it. Have you ever seen Usnia? And when you pull Usnia, there's like a little white elastic cord inside it. And when you pull Spanish moss, it just breaks. Okay. So it's really easy to tell them apart. I mean, they look really a lot alike. But the little pull test is the real test for it. And I think we might have talked about Usnia once, oh gosh, years and years and years ago. Um, maybe when we were talking about um, herbal antibiotics, which of course is our, has been our theme here for quite some months following uh, Stephen Booner's book, Herbal Antibiotics. But this one, this time that I'm talking about, far precedes uh, what we've been doing with uh, Stephen Booner's book because Usnia has been one of my favorite herbal antibiotics ever since I first met with it. Now, Usnia grows just about everywhere. We usually associate Spanish moss with kind of, you know, Florida and those kinds of settings. And I've just mentioned that it was in California. And I don't want you to get the impression that you can only find um, Usnia in those kinds of places. As a matter of fact, one of the first places that I found it was New Zealand. It grows in New Zealand. It grows in Australia. It grows up north in Canada. It likes um, pine trees. 
Of course, it liked the redwoods. It likes fruit trees. It will often grow in fruit orchards. But again, it's not restricted to any of those places. Where it is only going to be found, though, is in damp areas. So we're not going to find it out in the desert. All right, redwood forests are foggy and moist much of the time. The place where I found it in New Zealand was next to a waterfall. We're always going to be looking at a place that's pretty, pretty well kept with some moisture. It doesn't have to. We're not talking about a swamp or some place that's a rainforest that's really wet. And I haven't seen it in the tropics. It has only been in the temperate areas that I have seen it. So let's see what Stephen Booner has to say about Usnea in his book, Herbal Antibiotics. Usnea is in the family Parmaliaceae, but there are people who insist that the Usneas should be in their own family, the Usneaceae. Most sources, however, consider that to be unacceptable as well as completely wrong. Fisticuffs are scheduled for 10 p.m. So if we have not noticed before, Stephen has quite the sense of humor, and he often lets his sense of humor come out when he's talking about the nomenclature and the number of species, because these are certainly areas in which there is um, not um, always an easy right answer. Common names, old man's beard, or a number of similar phrases having to do with hair, beards, and people. All right. What did uh, what did I say that another name was? Spanish moss mm-hmm. to give you that sense of it draping down. The Usni usually doesn't drape the way Spanish moss does. But other than that, they look quite, quite similar. Old man's beard. There are 600 or so species of Usnea. Usnea barbata, which is the usual species that is used. And Usnea longissima are the most common, but in fact, any Usnea species will do. I prefer the smaller tufted species. I feel they're stronger in their actions, but due to the larger size of Longissimo, it is most commonly harvested. Usnea barbata is fairly good-sized, but there is some potential for that species to be banned for use in the United States, even though it is a very safe plant. See side effects and contraindications. We will get to those in a while. Part used, the entire lichen. Preparation and dosage. It has taken some time to learn how to properly prepare Usnea for use. Ryan Drum, an herbalist in Washington State, was the most responsible for providing understanding of how to generate the best immune-stimulating activity of the plant. Let me tell you a little Usnea story of mine. The first time I harvested Usnea was in New Zealand. Because it's a lichen, it's very light, and there's not a lot of difference between it fresh or dried. So I just picked it, and it kind of air-dried as I was hiking in the um, southern Alps of New Zealand. And then when I got it home, I wanted to tincture it. And there was so much usnea that I had to make two bottles. Well, the first bottle I made right. I made it the correct way. 
I chose a clear glass bottle so that I could see what was going on in it. I put the Uznia in there. I poured my 100 proof vodka in it, and I put it in a cool, dark place. The second bottle, I did everything wrong. I chose a brown bottle. I stuffed my Uzni in there. I put 100-proof vodka over it, and then I set it in a sunny window on a south-facing sunny window. And even as I'm doing this, I'm thinking, this is really weird, Susan. This is really peculiar what you're doing, that you're making your Uzni. I think you're all wrong. Well, in the end, after six to eight weeks, the one in the brown bottle, the tincture was a bright orange in color. And the one in the clear glass bottle, the tincture was basically just the vodka. Nothing had happened. Mm. And so I learned almost by accident, as it was, that you can't just hope to get what you want from the Osnia the normal ways, shall we say. A wonderful herbalist who lives in the the damp uh, northwest, Cascade Anderson Geller, uh, told us that she would take her Usnia and she would freeze it. And then she would boil it in a measured amount of water and boil it for two or three minutes and then add high-proof alcohol to get to the level of tincture that she wanted, one-to-one, two-to-one, whatever she wanted, knowing how much water she had had in there. So... um Let's see what Ryan Drum, another one of my favorite herbalists, has told Stephen Booner. The polysaccharides in the inner cortex of uh, Usnia contain immune potentiating compounds, and they are much more efficiently extracted by heat. Given that Usnia possesses a unique synergism, being both immune potentiating and antibacterial, antiviral, and antimicrobial, it makes sense if you're using the plant to treat an internal disease as opposed to an infected wound or a vaginal infection to make sure that the immune fractions of the plant are extracted along with the antibacterial fractions. Additionally, while the polysaccharides are water-soluble, many other compounds, including usnic acid, are not. So usnia needs to be tinctured for optimum outcome. Now, usnia may appear to be rather delicate, but it is not. In fact, it's best if it is ground up well in a grinder or using a mortar and pestle before tincturing. Once it is ground up, you will have a greenish powder and a bundle of white threads. Remember I told you about the white thread in the Usni, and that's what distinguishes it from the other things that look like it. The white threads are the inner cortex. The green powder is the outer sheath. If you are treating wounds, run the ground herb through a fine mesh strainer, place the resulting powder directly on the wound. You will have a bunch of white threads left over. For tincturing, the immune-stimulating polysaccharides are most efficiently extracted with heat. To do this, when you are making your tincture, heat the herb first in the water you are going to use for your tincture. The best way is in a slow cooker. 
or failing that on low heat covered overnight in the oven. Use one part herb to five parts liquid. See Chapter 8 for more on this. I will have to see Chapter 8 because he doesn't tell me whether that is a ratio by volume or by weight. And I'm telling you, Usnia doesn't weigh much at all. So I'm figuring he means volume. On the other hand, Usnia is very flexible as well. So are we just putting it fluffy in there? Are we crunching it up? I have some about this one part to five parts liquid. I there is a chapter eight. Tell me more. The liquid should be composed of water and have pure grain. That's <clears throat> what I would use with 100 proof vodka, which is half and half alcohol. So, if you have five ounces of herb, use 25 ounces of alcohol. So that sounds like a measurement then. does hard to kind of imagine having five ounces of this. No wonder he, uh, after um, uh, it, the small one for his own, suggests that the rest of us should the big one. Powdered herb in the slow cooker. Add the water. Stir well. It turns into a kind of mush. Cover and on low heat for 48 hours. Let it cool enough to work with without burning yourself. Into a heat tolerant. Add alcohol when the mix is but not hot on the lid and shake well. Macerate for two weeks. Plant and strain. So there is a rather rigorous scientific way to do we can go one back from that, Cascade Anderson Geller, instead of grinding up the herb, just froze it so that again, she boiled it, it just kind of dissolved because it had been frozen before. And I, by accident, found that that brown bottle, whole, hundred proof vodka, right in the sun with the sun shining for six to eight weeks, basically did the same thing. I can tell you is that when you have a active usnea tincture, it will be orange. And it's interesting to me, and so far has not mentioned this, and I'm wondering if the tincture made this way from the dried ground and then boiled and then alcohol added ever does turn orange. I was talking with a woman from New Zealand and she was talking about a Maori elder that she was studying with, and they do use osnia, and they use it as antibacterial, antiviral, antimicrobial. Um, and he told her that if your osnia preparation wasn't orange, it wouldn't work. And so I always like that, where I get, you know, that the information that I have in a way received from the plant and from my experiments, when it's brought back to me from that kind of indigenous source. I, I then say, yes, I am listening to the plants and I am hearing well. He suggests for a tincture dosage, 30 to 60 drop, up to four times daily in acute conditions. <clears throat> Even more can be used. 
And uh, <clears throat> this goes along with the way I dose Echinacea, which is rather lavish amounts. So he's saying one basically one to two dropperfuls for regular use, and you could go up to three or four dropperfuls for acute use, and you can take it more often up to six times a day in a very acute situation. I had a student with a mom who had had a uh, hip transplant, and it was not healing well. As a matter of fact, the doctors thought that there was infection deep in the transplant, and they were talking about putting her back into surgery. She'd been in the hospital for a week. They couldn't discharge her. And they were talking about putting her back into surgery and taking that that um, hip out and putting another one in, which would have meant that she would have had to walk with a lift in her shoe because your leg will then be shorter because they have to saw off a piece of the bone each time. And so the student contacted me and asked if there was anything she could possibly use. And I suggested Usnia because it potentiates the immune system as well as being a direct antibacterial, antimicrobial, antiviral. And within 24 hours, and she used a dropper full about every two hours, which was actually 12 times a day, within 36 hours, they had turned that infection around, and the doctors were no longer talking about having to take her back into surgery. He suggests that you can combine um, 10 drops of tincture with water in a one-ounce nasal spray bottle and use for any kind of infections of the sinuses. What a great remedy. People are always looking for things to help them with their sinuses. <clears throat> As a wash for staph, strep infections, skin problems, put the tincture on the site of infection and do this as soon as you get up and before you go to bed. And as a douche, add a half-ounce tincture to a pint of water. It is not recommended to douche, but I would use that as a sits bath. Tea. Combine one teaspoon usnea, and that would be the ground usnea, with six ounces of hot water, and steep. And you can drink um, a, a about a cup a day for disease prevention and immune stimulation. And in acute conditions, you can drink up to a quart a day. Remember, Usnea is only partially water-soluble. Stephen Herod Booner says to make the strongest tea or decoction, grind the herb first, add enough alcohol to wet the herb and let it sit covered for up to an hour, then add hot water and steep for at least 30 minutes. Side effects and contraindications. And actually, it's a rather long section on the side effects and contraindications. And I'm very curious as to what we're going to be told, but we're going to have to wait till next week. Yes, I was going to say quietly, we're, we're a little past 10.30, and just wanted to let you know that. So we will be coming back with our side effects and contraindications for usnea, as well as properties, uses, and, oh, there's traditional uses here, Ayurvedic uses, and scientific research. We probably have at least another week, maybe two weeks to go on Usnia. Okay, that sounds cool. Spanish malls, Usnia. <laughs> so is it an herb you're familiar with? Um, only mildly. Not with a lot of experience, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, but not with a lot of personal experience, but I'm aware of it. And I, um, there's different mosses at the store and stuff. You know, I'm there part-time still. 
Irish moss, and then the other one, and then that really swampy looking one. <laughs> and then, the, but I don't have personal. Just Irish moss is actually, Irish moss is actually a seaweed. It's not a moss at all. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Okay, well, since you're at the store part time, see what you can find out from other people there about listening, and we'll continue this conversation next week. Sure. Okay. All right. Green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine you find right outside your door. All right, everybody. Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan. We will be back next week. As we said, we are going to expand and get some new hosts in here soon. We're just working out all of the schedules. So but here we'll definitely be back at 10 p.m. Eastern time as we are every week with Green Magic, Green Medicine. Thank you all and have a great evening. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.